Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. So we're now beginning a new book, the book of Vayikra, Leviticus as it's often called. The book is the central book. We have five books of Moses. We have Breshit, Genesis, Shemot, Exodus, Vayikra, Leviticus, Bamidbar, Numbers, and Devarim, Deuteronomy. Vayikra is the center, the center, the core, you could say, of all the other books. But let's first focus on the word Vayikra itself, which is the Hebrew name of the book. See, we refer to it as Leviticus, which is correct, because the book is also referred to as Torah Kohanim, the teachings, the laws governing the priests in the temple. Because much of this book, most of it, is about the service in the temple and the responsibilities of the Kohen, the person who would serve in the temple, in the sanctuary in the desert initially, and then later on in the holy temple in Jerusalem. So this book is about the priestly order and the offerings and the services in the temple. But the name Vayikra simply means an and he called, God called out to Moses and spoke to him about these laws. Why would we use a prosaic name, Vayikra, and he called to be the title of what one could argue is the most central and the holiest of the five books of Moses because it deals with holy things? So why would you give such a name, Vayikra, and he called? What's the significance of the word, and he called. So in order to understand why that is the name of the book and why that's so important, let's focus on describing the differences between the five books. Breshit, Genesis, is about creation. Shemot, Exodus, is about the creation of a stable world, a world that has purpose and meaning, because it's about the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. It's about the birth of the Jewish people after the Exodus. So the second book is a continuation of the first. The first is the preparation, creation of the world, creation of civilization, and that's followed by the creation of a nation, a chosen nation that will implement God's plan. Now let's skip over to the last two books. Bamidbar, which simply means in the desert, is about the wanderings of the Jews in the desert. It's about the various travels and wanderings and vicissitudes and conflicts and all sorts of trials and tribulations that the Jews endured in the desert. And that signifies the type of life that we have experienced for thousands of years in exile. Devarim, Deuteronomy, which begins with the words, these are the harsh words of rebuke, is about the rebuke that the Jewish people received from Moses, but it also refers to all the future times that we have erred, that we have strayed, and we had to be rebuked. So the question is, how do you connect the first two books, which is about creation? It's about a creation of a stable world, a creation of a world that has meaning and purposefulness. How do you connect that and instill that into a world of wanderings, a world of changes, a world of upsets, a world, a world of ups and downs. How do you connect the first two books to the last two books? The answer is, it's the central book, Vayikra. So Vayikra, that word itself tells you, gives you the secret 
as to how we could connect the two. What does the word Vayikra mean? And he called. God called out to Moses. Now there's a similar word in Hebrew, Vayikar. And it means almost the same thing. There's a subtle difference, a subtle but really significant difference at the same time. Vayikar is used in reference to God speaking to the heathen prophet Bilam. Bilam was a wicked man, a heathen prophet who was hired to curse the Jewish people, who had tremendous spiritual powers, but he used them for evil. And God had to communicate with him because that's what he was. He was a prophet. God allowed this evil person to be a prophet to prove to the world that it's not the prophets of the world that make the world a better world. It's the ethics and morality behind that prophet, the ethics and morality of the people. But at any rate, God speaks to him and he communicates with him. And the Torah uses the term vayikar that God calls out to Bilam. But the word vayikar has a different connotation than just calling out. It means he chanced upon him. It's like someone who has to speak to someone else and it's a person that you really don't want to talk to. It's someone that you have no interest in, but you have no choice. You have a need to speak to that person. So you talk in a very uncomfortable way. It's, it's like I happen to bump into that person. It's not something that I cherish. It's not a communication that is filled with love and, and affection. Not so when God speaks to Moses. Vayikra el Moshe, God speaks to Moshe. He calls out to him in a, in a loving way, in a way that shows his interest in communicating with Moshe because Moshe is so special. In fact, the, Moshe was so humble that that's what endeared him to God. And that humility is also expressed in the word Vayikra, which ends with the letter Aleph. That's the additional letter to the word Vayikar, just add another letter Aleph, but that Aleph here is a miniature Aleph. If you looked in the Torah scroll, it's a small miniature Aleph. Indicate Moses' humility, that God loved him because of his humility. At any rate, Vayikra is an expression of great love that God has for the Jewish people and through their to their leader, Moshe. And Vayikra indicates his cold, indifferent attitude towards a person like Bilam. So Vayikra is different from Vayikar just by one letter Aleph. That's the linchpin. What does the letter Aleph signify? The letter Aleph, number one, is the first letter of the alphabet. So it, rec- it refers to God, who's the first existence. He's the original existence. He was always here. He never had to be created. Aleph is also the number one in Hebrew. Hebrew has no numbers. The letters are numbers. So Aleph is one. It refers to the one God. The word Aleph itself has a meaning, several meanings. One meaning is he is the master of the universe. In modern Hebrew, Aluf means a general. So God is the general, the master of the universe. Also, the word Aleph is related to another word which means the teacher of the universe. God is the one who gives the universe meaning and purpose by sharing his knowledge, his teachings with us. Also, the word Aleph, if you rearrange the letters, spells the word Pele, wonders. God is wondrous. He's beyond the creation. When you take that Aleph and you put it in a word, 
It transforms the meaning of the word radically. It takes a chance meeting, a very uncomfortable, indifferent, and sometimes even very negative meeting with someone into a loving relationship. That's the linchpin. We take Vayikra, the loving relationship that God shows Moses in this book of Leviticus, that's the linchpin between the first two books and the last two books. And let me elaborate a little more about the Aleph. It seems that in Hebrew, many words change from one extreme to another just by adding the Aleph. For example, the Rebbe would always point out that the word for exile, Gola, if you just add the Aleph and insert it in the word, turns into Geula, redemption. So the difference between exile, Gola, and redemption, Geula, is just one letter, the letter Aleph inserted in the word. Because it's the Aleph. When you insert Aleph into exile, you transform it and you prepare it for the ultimate redemption. But I'll use a few other examples. Take the word Rosh, head. You're on top of the world. The head doesn't just mean the part of the body, the anatomy called head, but it means someone who's ahead is on top of the world, on top of his game. If you take the aleph out of Rosh, there's a silent aleph in the middle of the word. If you take that aleph out, it reads Rush, which means impoverished. You're on the bottom of your game. Just that one aleph transforms it from one extreme to another. There's a word in Hebrew, bar. Bar is a pit. It could be a, an empty, vacuous pit or a pit filled with snakes and scorpions or even a pit of water but stagnant water. You put an aleph, it reads be'er, a fountain, a well of gushing water, living waters. It's the difference between stagnation and real life. You take the word in Hebrew that indicates death, mate, something that has no life. You add an aleph at the beginning of it, it becomes emet, truth, truth more than just the absence of a lie, but something that endures and lasts forever. And we can go on and on with different examples. But the point here is that the Aleph is a letter that transforms one extreme in the negative to an extreme in the positive. Why? Because when you put something that is infinite, God who is infinite, it transforms everything. It makes the world, the finite decaying, decadent world into a vibrant world, a world that has purpose and meaning. And that's what we mean by Vayikra versus Vayikar. Vayikar Vayikar is a world, a relationship that is a negative relationship. It's It's a compulsory relationship that you really don't want to engage in. It's It's something that you're forced into, as it were. Of course, God is not forced into anything. He chose to speak to Bilaam, but he's trying to show, I don't like this relationship because this is a horrible person to whom I am relating. Conversely, when God speaks to Moses, God says, I love him. I love to communicate with him and to the people whom he leads who follow in his footsteps. If we want to take the first two books, the book of creation, that's a dynamic force of God in creation. Creation is a sign that God has no limits. He can even create a world that doesn't even recognize God's existence. And Hasidic thought says that can come only from God. 
to create something that doesn't have a recognition of the source of its creator, the source of its existence. And then we take the book of Exodus, which takes us to the next level, that God liberates us from exile, and he gives us status as a nation, as a free nation. He chooses us and gives us the Torah, and he gives us the commandment to build a sanctuary, a place in which God's presence is felt. As it says, make for me a sanctuary, I will dwell in them. And our sages tell us, in them means to each and every one of us that we can create our own sanctuary that's an extension of the physical sanctuary that we had in the desert and later on in, in Jerusalem. When you have these two books, and you want to instill that into the wanderings of numbers of Bamidbar in the desert. You want to instill it in the book of Devarim, the words of harsh rebuke, because of our failures. You want to transform the world. You need Vayikra. You need to have that Aleph in your relationship with God. You have to create a loving relationship, and then you can instill the two first books into the two last books. The truth of the matter is, which direction does it go? Are we looking to take exile and insert Geula, redemption, into exile? Yes, that's true. But it really goes the other way around. Redemption preceded exile. When God created the world, he already created it with an image, with a vision of redemption. When the Torah says at the very first day of creation, Yehi or, let there be light, What light is God talking about? He's talking about the ultimate light that we will experience in the Messianic age. But he started the world with that that experience of light. So the world started off as a perfect world, a beautiful world, a world that is an orchard. And then we strayed from the original perfect world. So we have to go back to the state of redemption by instilling Redemption, which is the original form of existence, into the aberration of exile. May we see that happening imminently this week, especially when we read about how Vayikra indicates this loving relationship. In exile, a relationship may not seem to be loving, but the essence of our existence is that we have this relationship We just have to expose it. We have to reveal it. May we see the revelation of that relationship imminently. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.